Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on the 30th of January 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, the Hat Podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Coming up today, Eric Pfeiffer with the Purdue Interim Ag Dean, C.J. Miller with a couple of Indiana congressmen working on ag trade with Mexico. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says temperatures are going to bounce around, minor precipitation, and a review of the Friday markets coming up too on the Hat Monday Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. A leadership change for the Purdue College of Agriculture and two Indiana congressmen fighting for farmers' trade. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today. Purdue's College of Agriculture has had a major shakeup at the top in recent weeks. Dr. Karen Plout was promoted and became the university's new executive vice president for research. Ken Foster, a longtime ag econ professor at Purdue, was named the interim dean earlier this month. Foster told Hoosier Ag Today that the opportunity to lead one of the top-ranked ag colleges in the country and the world is humbling. You know, I grew up on a small farm in Indiana and came to Purdue as an undergraduate student. And fortunately, there's some professors there who showed me that there is a career in academia. And here I find myself. But it's an exciting job, too. I mean, there's just so many things going on in all the different disciplines. They're attacking the grand challenges of humanity food insecurity, sustainability, adapting to climate change, improving the livelihoods of people, and serving our youth around the state. One task facing Foster and the college is the Indiana legislative session already underway. A priority for this session is to secure more funding to refresh the Animal Disease Diagnostic Laboratory on campus. Also on Foster's agenda... Purdue Extension is present in every county in Indiana, and the people who are serving in those roles have not had additional funding toward their salaries from the state for some time. And so one of the things that we're hoping that we can do is improve the salaries, attract, continue to attract great people to those jobs because they're out there in the community helping to solve the community's problems. They're out there in the community working with the young people in those communities, helping them find brighter futures. And they're just a vitally important part of what we do in Purdue agriculture and a vitally important part of our state's livelihood. Next weekend, the Purdue Ag Alumni Association will welcome Boilermakers back to Tippecanoe County for their annual Purdue Ag Alumni Fish Fry. The event moved this year from the Indiana State Fairgrounds to the Tippecanoe County Fairgrounds. I'm looking forward to seeing old friends and connecting with new people and just having a good time, enjoying some good food and 
And I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, President Meng Chang has to say about agriculture. Parking is free. Tickets are $30 each. You can find a link to purchase your tickets at HoosierAgToday.com. Now that Mexico's ban on importing GMO corn is a year away, two of Indiana's congressmen have written a letter given exclusively to us here at Hoosier Ag Today, pushing ag trade officials to take the next step against Mexico. C.J. Miller reports. When agreements are not enforced, it incentivizes people to continue to break the rules. So we need to make sure that our administration continues to uh, enforce that agreement and that they will do that for our future farmers. And that's Indiana Congressman Rudy Yakum talking about the letter that he and Congressman Greg Pence have written to both the U.S. Trade Representative's Chief Ag Negotiator, Doug McCallop, and USDA Undersecretary of Trade and Foreign Ag Affairs, Alexis Taylor. Both Pence and Yakum are pushing the top ag trade officials to step up their pressure on Mexico. In this particular letter, we focused on what Mexico is trying to do in banning, let's call it banning, and, and I don't want to get too accusatory, but banning genetically engineered corn. I know that a decision will be made very shortly. Hopefully, uh, Rudy and my letter is going to kind of motivate them to bring this to a resolution, whether or not both the chief agriculture negotiator and undersecretary will begin, let's call it, enforcement action under the USMCA. Yakim adds that he and Pence are also pushing for more Indiana ag exports as part of trade negotiations. You know, agricultural products uh, and exports are such a key component of Indiana's economy. As we in Indiana, we're the eighth largest ag exporting state in the country. You know, we make world-class products here. We grow world-class uh, agricultural products here. You know, with a level playing field, who's your exports, they win every day. And so all we're asking for is to make sure that we maintain that level playing field and that our United States government enforce the existing agreements on the books. You can read that letter from Congressman Pence and Yakum and co-signed by all of Indiana's seven Republican representatives at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. As we take a look at the setup here across the Hoosier State, dealing with a lot of cloud cover as we get started here so far. This cloud cover is an offshoot of some moisture that lifted up into the area overnight last night. I won't rule out a few flurries. A cold front is slowly sagging in here, and it's going to bring Arctic air for this entire week. A Canadian high-pressure mass is going to be nosing in through the day today. And then we're looking at that high and the Arctic air sticking around through tomorrow, Wednesday, and honestly most of the rest of this week. With this high settling in over the eastern Corn Belt, it's pushing the most active precipitation track farther south. It's going to stay down in the Tennessee Valley on into the deep south. So I'm looking at no precipitation for the rest of this week after we get into midday and early afternoon. Now, we may see some stronger north winds give a little bit of a chance for lake effect snow in far northern Indiana to finish the week on Friday, but I don't think it's a big deal outside of that. Saturday starts chilly, but then we see some temperature moderation for Saturday afternoon and Sunday. Temperatures are going to be better than what we're seeing here the next few days. Going into next week, Monday, Tuesday, partly to mostly sunny skies, at least Monday. Clouds coming in on Tuesday. Moderating temperatures again mean we can see a little bit of spit sprinkle activity. The system that's bringing that is mostly tracking across Michigan. So just keep an eye out in Indiana. No big threat. But then we have another front coming in on Tuesday night, Wednesday. Can 
can give a little bit of rain or snow, but minor totals right now. Moisture only a few hundreds to a tenth or two, mostly over the southern half of Indiana. So the next 10 days settling in here on a drier vein, but it's also very, very cold. This could be our good shot at winter-like temperatures here. I'm not sure that we're going to be seeing a well below normal temperatures last over the longer haul, but they're definitely in here as we flip the calendar from January through February. That's the way your forecast is stacking up. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin. Some profit-taking and some Argentina weather influence on the markets, which finished mixed. This is Hoosier Ag Today's Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. The review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Visit them in the North Wing at the National Farm Machinery Show, and they'll even give you a price list. Value, knowledge, performance, it's in their genetics. Settlements from Friday Trade coming up. First market analysis, I secured that in the middle of Friday Trade from Brian Basting at Advanced Trading. Brian, a mostly lower day throughout the day, although corn worked both sides of unchanged on Friday. But leading to the downside was the soybean market. After a nice move on Thursday, what do you make of the sell-off? You had some good rains overnight, Thursday night, Friday morning, Andy, across soybeans in Argentina. Those beans have been suffering from dry weather for several months now, but that that weather pattern appears to be changing a bit anyway. Uh, during the month of January, had much more uh, rainfall, and now this um, rain uh, overnight again, and now they're calling for some more rain next week across those areas again in Argentina which have been dry so yeah just enough to uh, the weather market as we begin to wrap up January here enough to definitely weigh on the market a bit. How long does that uh, continue that we pay such attention to Argentina and we had some Indiana farmers there this week who reported some pretty bad looking crops in the areas they visited. Yeah just a couple things I'd remind your listeners of of Andy is that yes uh, there's no doubt that um, uh, there has been some some uh, probably irreversible loss. Although I, with beans, it's it's uh, it's not quite the same as it is with corn. Probably definitely some irreversible first corn, early planted corn losses here due to the hot dry weather in Argentina. But uh, remind your listeners, we're still trading above fifteen dollars a bushel in March futures for beans, and so some of that's built in. But um, the other thing that, that's important to remember, Andy, is that really the pond set and pot fill stage, if you will, is February. It's a little bit rough for, for an analog, but it's pretty close uh, that um, uh, the beans in, in Argentina in late January are about proximate to Midwest beans in late July. So your listeners know that um, August is do or die for beans. So you get those, those pods setting. Uh, if you get some good rains, you can really fill up some pods, maybe even get some late flowering and really add on bushels. And um, on the other end of the spectrum, if you really get a hot, dry August here in the Midwest, i.e. in this case, a hot, dry February in Argentina, you can really zap the crop. So the next, I would say the next six weeks, take stretch that the double crop beans all the way at first half of March. So just a little perspective of where we are in the growing season. You don't make or break, or make or break a crop in Argentina in January, but you do in February. Let's move over to the corn futures market on Friday, working both sides of unchanged after some gains on Thursday. What do you make of movement throughout the week and the close to the week? It seems like it's a little bit range-bound. Oh, we've got uh, 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 some, some a little bit contrasting fundamentals here. We've got some uh, subpar export business, but that's been baked into the market for quite some time. 
Uh, we do have some losses, as I mentioned, to the first crop corn in Argentina. And we have seen some export business sneak up here, perhaps. As you move into February, we're finally seeing that program, export program from Brazil's whopper of a crop last year wind down. And that'll open up a little bit of a window for us. We did see some flash export sales of corn earlier in the week from the U.S. here. So to unknown destinations. And, uh, and maybe China's putting their toe in the water. I don't want to give the impression that China's going to come back. But it's, a, it's something to watch because China has been uh, looking to get Brazilian corn. But when the Brazilian corn from last year runs out, they won't have access to Brazilian corn until the Safina crop is harvested this summer. So maybe there's a window here of opportunity for U.S. corn to, to at least get a little uh, perk up in the export business. And um, I think we're seeing some of that here as, as you get to, to the end of the month. And talk about the wheat futures market, how that uh, seemed to perform this week. Yeah, rebound a little bit. We had a, a multi-month low. In fact, uh, Chicago March, uh, oh, I want to say back here uh, on Monday of this week, uh, dropped down to the lowest level. You have to go all the way back here as I look at my chart to last September to see the price this low. So maybe just a bit of short covering down here of a lot of the bearishness in the context of, of a weak export program is being built in. Uh, we did see larger than expected seedings, of course, for 23 earlier this month from the USDA, so that was factored in. But um, maybe just some profit-taking here. I don't see any uh, stellar export business. We have seen a little bit of a rebound in export sales the last couple of weeks. Seasonally, there's a, a small window for the U.S. to get some, some increased business here in February and March uh, as, as competitor supplies run low. But we are the residual supplier of wheat, so I guess I would just characterize it more as a a multi-month low made earlier this week. Now we're seeing some short covering and profit taking on that. Brian Basting there, Advanced Trading Economist at Advanced Trading. 309-664-2314, his number. Trust. It takes time to obtain and just minutes to lose. Hoosier Ag Today is proud that over the past 18 years, we have gained and maintained the trust of Indiana farmers and farm families. On any given day, almost half of all the radios in trucks, barns, farm offices and farmhouse kitchens are tuned to Hoosier Ag Today reports. The number one trusted source for agriculture information in Indiana is Hoosier Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible. On the Hat Friday Farm Market Review, very flat in corn, trying to work both sides of unchanged and finish that way. March up a half cent, 683. Unchanged May, 680. Down two and a quarter. July contract, 665 and three quarters. Beans down all day long. March 1509 and a half, 14 cents lower. May down a dime and a quarter at 1504 and a half. And Chicago wheat, March contract 750, a loss of two and a half cents. The meats mixed, April live cattle, 160.82, up 30 cents. April lean hogs down 55 cents, settling at 86.45. Those are the Friday markets. I'm Andy Eubank. This is Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network.